When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Murray, Craig Burley and Stevie Nicholl here in the studio. A little later on, we'll be looking ahead to those big semi-finals coming up in the World Cup over the next two days. But we will start with the behind-the-scenes drama in the US oh, drama. national team camp. Drama. Continuing the conversation here, Greg Berhalter, speaking at a summit on moral leadership in New York last week, said, in this last World Cup, we had a player that was clearly not meeting expectations on and off the field. We were ready to book a plane ticket home. That's how extreme it was. And what it came down to was, we're going to have one more conversation with him, and part of the conversation was how we're going to behave from here out. There aren't going to be any more infractions. There's a little bit more here. As a coach, the way you can deal with things most appropriately is going back to your values because it's difficult to send a player home. It was going to be a massive controversy. You would have been reading about it for five days straight. But we were prepared to do it because he wasn't meeting the standards of the group. And the group was prepared to do it as well. So there's been a lot of talk about this. Uh, Seb and Herc are now joining us from Qatar because we'd like to get the reaction that we've seen today on Instagram from Gio Reyna, uh, from Gio Reyna sorry, Seb. Uh, yeah, probably worth noting that the person that confirmed, because Berhalter doesn't say who it was, uh, is Tom Bogart of MLSsoccer.com. And then The Athletic with Paul Tenorio and Sam Stajkal, they have an article that really kind of lays out everything that happened. The first person to speak on Gio's behalf was his agent, Dan Siegel. But as you mentioned, Kay, about four hours ago, we did get an Instagram post from Gio Reyna himself. We've edited this for, for brevity, but here's kind of the core of it. Reyna says, just before the World Cup, Coach Burhalter told me that my role at the tournament would be very limited. I was devastated. I am someone who plays with pride and passion. Soccer is my life, and I believe in my abilities. I am also a very emotional person, and I fully acknowledge that I let my emotions get the best of me and affect my training and behavior for a few days after learning about my limited role. I apologize to my teammates and coach for this, and I was told I was forgiven. I am disappointed that there is continuing coverage of this matter as well as some highly fictionalized versions of events, and extremely surprised that anyone on the U.S. men's team staff would contribute to it. Coach Burhalter has always said that issues that arise with the team will stay, quote, in-house, so we can focus on team unity and progress. I love my team, I love representing my country, and I am focusing now on only improving and growing as a soccer player and a person. I hope that going forward, each person involved in U.S. soccer focuses only on what is in the best interest of the men's national team so we can enjoy great success at the World Cup in 2026. All right, Herc. So whose side you on, Gio Reyna or Greg Berhalter? Well, they're both in the wrong. That's a reality. You can't ignore that Gio Reyna was about to be sent home for his attitude. That it became so toxic within the group that he was confronted by multiple players. You can't ignore that. You can't act like a petulant child within a team setting and expect things to go your way. Expect to be plain. Now, 
He was confronted by Greg Berhalter. He was asked to issue an apology, which he stated, I will because I am in the wrong. Apologized to the group and then stood there while certain members of that leadership council then told him his wrongs in front of the group, accepted it like a man, and was forgiven. Yep. You move on. He's 20 years old. If the way I acted when I was 20 years old is an indictment of who I am as a person today, I'd be in trouble. Okay. So you learn from it. Where does this leave Burhalter with the group moving There forward? we go. Greg Burhalter, his responsibility to the group, the sanctuary that is the locker room. You can't go to a symposium. You can't go to a summit, talk to a group of people about leadership and expect this to be off the record. Even though you can't be that naive, you can't told be that, that it would be off dumb. the record. No, no. You could have used a million examples of leadership in said summit. Your time in North Carolina, your time in the Columbus Crew, your time as a player in the Bundesliga, your time as a player of the U.S. Men's National Team, certain other elements of your coaching resume, even at this level, at the World Cup. But you don't use the one story, the one player that was on the tip of the tongue of everybody in the American media outlet. Everybody knew that something had happened. Everybody knew that something was going on. Even though he meant well, and I think he handled it well initially, because I feel he was trying to protect Gio Reyna when he said, yeah, he's a little tight. No, then it was tactical. It's on me. He's trying to protect Gio Reyna there. Right. So this doesn't get out, but he lets it go out in the worst possible manner here. And that's inexcusable. So I've heard you wax poetic about this for like 35 minutes on Football Americas. You know, I'm always trying to get Craig Burley on our show. He's just always saying no, no, no. So I want to get I want to get Craig's perspective on this. But also, like, do you think this is something unique to American soccer or would this happen uh, in other footballing nations? Because I love the drama. Finally, we have some drama after a World Cup for us. A player was almost sent home. That's pretty good news. Have you got a memory problem? <laughs> Didn't pay me enough. Been on it. Hurt wasn't there. Hurt, Hurt knew what was coming on. He never showed up. But, hey, it's not quite uh, Harry and Meghan, is it? I mean, it's not, it's not going to be uh, a scandal for the royal family, is it? <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a drama by US standards who, let's be honest, they love a drama over here because everything is dramatical. But a couple of things interested me. Uh... uh one of them was, when Eric touched on it, you know, off the record is not off the record. You've got to be a bit cooter than that. Unless that is, Greg Berhalter was hoping it would leak out to say, well, this is maybe a little bit off my shoulders and why we didn't beat the Dutch, because I had some problems. And the other thing was, that I thought was notable, and I have no dog in this race in terms of who I believe or who I don't, uh, is Giorreno saying, I was told... Before the World Cup started, my time would be limited. Now, I know he's had his injuries, but I find it surprising a little bit that arguably your most talented player and certainly potentially your most effective player, along with Pulisic, has been told before the competition that his time's going to be limited. Now, would I be in, would I be in the doldrums if I'd been told that? Yeah, I would be. I would be. I was told I was left out of the 97 FA Cup final. My face tripped me. All game, after the game, at the reception, the lot. So, yeah, I, I understand both sides of the coin, but I, I, don't, 
I didn't really see the need to bring it up for Berhalter unless, of course, he was quite happy for this to trickle out. Yeah, Stevie, you were on the coach's side yesterday, yep. on Berhalter's side. When you see this from Gio Reyna, though, what Craig's talking about, that it was his point of view that he was told he'd be given limited minutes. Right. Why would the coach say that to him? Well, he clearly hasn't told them before they get on the plane. He's clearly told them either the day of or the, probably the day before the first game. That, that would be my assumption from reading that. Because it's even worse if he's told them a week before they get together and he's still walking around like a big baby. That's even worse. The fact is, he has told them before the Wales game. Now, that means that between the Wales game and the England game and then the last game, you've got how long? Ten days? You've got ten days. There are 14 other players who are not going to get a lot of time. What are you going to, what's, the, what's the team that starts going to do if the other 15, sorry, 14, including Reina, down tools because they're not getting time? Yeah, I mean, this, is, it's four, not, this is not a small thing. They haven't got this 14 is, other players like Gia Reyna. But it doesn't matter. It does Every matter. single one of those players is as important as Gia Reyna. They're not. Of course, well, you go and tell, you go and tell one of those Unfo guys who travelled, who trained every day, who gave every single thing, who turned up, did what they were told, got behind everybody, was a good soldier, a good citizen. So, so they don't count. Well, they do count, but you go and talk to James Madison in England, who never got any game time. You go and talk to Ben White, who allegedly... As but far that's as part of the deal. They got, ben White part of the deal, Craig, is not to go and, and not train properly, and then when you finish training, go around... No, I understand you, that. And, and, and it affects everybody. But I, but I go, I, that's what, not acceptable no, at I, any, any no, level at I, all. I agree. I, I, no, I totally agree. I, but I, you know, I can understand a certain amount of moping around. When you probably think you're the best player on that rota, albeit with the injury problems. And he's telling you before the competition, eh, your time's going to be limited. I'm saying, my time's limited? Who, who, who are you picking? Who are you picking? So I, I think there is an element of that. And, and yeah, I understand everybody's a squad. There's an importance level. But unfortunately, certain players need to be sort of mollycoddled more than others. You got to treat. Stars. You got to treat. Well, you know. You got to treat Harry Kane. You got to treat Lionel Messi. You got to treat Ronaldo a bit different. All these players now, he's not at their standard. But in terms of the US, they don't have an embarrassment of super talented players. I'm not. An, I'm not on anybody's side and, here, by the way. I know, and, and I agree, right? That we all know that there are certain players who will get treated a little bit differently right. because of their importance, right? Basically on the field. But he's actually gone out his way. To tell Rayner. How many other players did he go out of his way to actually tell them? I bet he didn't. So he's actually gone out of his way to look after him. But well, and has, and what does he do? He throws it back. He's not going to play a big part in the World Cup. That means, OK, so even if I come on as a substitute, I can't even impress you. He might have taken it that way. If he goes to half the squad players and tells them he's not playing, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. He goes to Gia Rayner and says, oh, by the way, your time's going to be limited. He's going, my time's limited. I don't care. He's a professional footballer. He's not going to... Because it, because it doesn't go the way he wants, it's OK for him to go and sabotage the rest of the group. Because I'll tell you now, training is competitive and everybody wants to win. And if you've got a guy running around who couldn't care less, that causes problems. And it causes even more problems when you're sitting having your lunch after training and when you're having your dinner day after day, listening to somebody at the end of the table moaning and groaning about me, me, me. 
That, all that does is disrupt everybody. Well, that's a diff- so every single bit of criticism Rainer's getting, he deserves every single bit of it. 100%. Well, we don't know the full story. And, that, and, and that's even worse if it's over a season. But in three or four weeks at a camp, you, you've got to deal with that. Right? And, if it, and I tell you what, if it is such the issue that Stevie's talking about, send him home. And don't give me the claptrap about we're talking about it for five days. It's not Lionel Messi. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not Ronaldo getting sent home. You know, he's a good player, he's a young guy, it would have made some headlines, it would have taken up a press conference or two, and then it's deal with, dealt with. Because guess what? There's games to play. If Giorreno was such the massive problem, put him on a plane. I'm not saying he wasn't an issue, but it just seems to me that a guy has been moping around because he's been told he's not playing, and he's found that hard to accept as one of the most talented players in the squad, I think if I was in that scenario, I would be as well. It's not the same scenario, but Southgate sent Ben White home, we believe. Now, Ben White was just a squad player, right? May, probably was never going to play. But we think, we understand, there was a big argument, allegedly, and Southgate went, no, home. If it was such a problem, Berhout should have went, I'm not canvassing the group. I'm not canvassing the group. I'm the big guy here, I'm the head coach... If this is the problem that some people are saying it is, flight home. He didn't. He kept him there. Sebi, whose side are you on? Craig's or Stevie's? <laughs> uh, no, I, I will, uh, at my own peril, disagree with Craig. I think, obviously, maybe on ESPNFC, it might not have been A-block material every night if he sends Gio Reyna home, but it would have led our show every night. It would have been a huge controversy um, within this. Just to add some context to what Stevie was saying, because he was wondering about like the timing of this. The inflection point, right? The inflection point for when Reyna, his attitude and performance are questioned, is the scrimmage against Algarafa, which takes two, two, takes place two days before the game against right. Wales. So we can assume that he got the news sometime before that, not in the day before the Wales game or, or even, you know, the 36, 48 hours. It would have been before the game against uh, Algarafa. To that point, how would you have reacted, Hurt? Uh, you've got to take it better. And I think I stated that. It, the issue here, Giovanni Reina acting like a petulant child, was handled. It was handled so that he was threatened. They threatened by sending him home. He had to plead for forgiveness in front of the group. That's no longer the issue here. And I agree with everything Stevie said. Gio Reyna deserves a lot of criticism. But Stevie, somewhere along that I'm a coach, I'm a manager hat that he's wearing, is forgetting about Greg Berhalter's own words. And Giovanni Reyna used him in that statement. We shall handle this business in-house. That wasn't handled in-house. He went to a conference about leadership, a summit, and literally spoke about the one thing that was the drama in-house right. about a kid who's 20 years old to a bunch of strangers. So you just betrayed that locker room. So you don't think this team will forgive Greg Berhalter? How can you? I don't know if, Stevie, if, if, if you feel comfortable enough as a coach of airing your dirty laundry that way with strangers yeah, do about no, players, about you. your agree, team. No, absolutely, absolutely agree with you. you don't, no. Unless Greg Berhalter has no intention of going back with, with the, the USA, then 100% you keep your trap Correct. shot. Whenever you finish, then it's, it's a different ball game. But if, if he still wants to be the USA manager, this will change the way that the, the US Association will look at him, and it has to, because I do agree that if you're a player, now you're, well, hold on a second, you can't do that. 
you know, Greg Berhalter wouldn't expect any of his players to throw him or anybody else under the bus. So it goes two ways. So that that would suggest to me that maybe Greg Berhalter is finished with the national team. Let, let, let me let me go back to that point that Seb made about with a lead football Americas. We know what you like, Seb. If Christian Pulisic <laughs> had broken his toenail, you would have led that in football <laughs> Americas. Let's be honest about it. Don't give me all that. But tell me, tell me, Herc, you played for the US. In what world? Yes. Sure. In what world do you tell? Right, we can argue about who the US's best player is, right? But I think it's a sort of a Pulisic, Giorena, when fit debate, right? At what point do you tell your, arguably okay. your best player, before the tournament, that, that A, he's not just not going to get game time against Wales, and that'll be limited, but at what point do you tell him, oh, this tournament, your game time's going to be limited? T- tell me how that helps the US... Craig, Craig, you're you're absolutely 100% correct on this. And I I said it on Football Americas. I stated it before uh, on social media. You cannot take the hope, the dream away from a player, let alone one of your best players, a player who's so instrumental in World Cup qualifying, a player with the highest ceiling in this group. So no case to be made for transparency. You can't have that that carrot being dangled and then taken from you. You can't have the rug being pulled from you like that. He's, at the end of the day... A 20-year-old kid, the manager's supposed to know what he has in his pool. Don't you always say you the manager, you stand? The manager needs to know how to get the best out of his players. If he thought this was going to get the best out of Giovanni Reina, he was grossly mistaken. Herc, Seb, I'd like to get your, your advice then on this one, seeing that you are our football Americans. Advice? Advice. We're yes. going to that, we're going to that <laughs> pair for advice. <laughs> What's going to happen with both of these characters then? Cuidado. Gio Hablamos de and los Greg. Ratings. <laughs> in the in the US setup, how it's does a- the future look for both of them after this? Oof. Well, so it's it's a you kind of said they well, can't they won't trust Burhalter moving right, forward. But you are the one who said and and Craig's already alluded to it and and Stevie alluded to it. That he's out. He's gone. He knows this, and that's why it's coming out. It feels like it feels you like would it, not right? say this if I didn't you didn't have think at least it, one foot out the door. I, I didn't think of it that way. Um, and, and Stevie and, and Craig could maybe, you guys could answer this. Uh, he's got a very good possibility of coaching abroad. Okay. The Bundesliga and Eredivisie, he's going to be an attractive option. If you just saw the way he handled a national team that gets together every three months and for a tournament setting, what do you think the day-to-day with a footballer is going to be like? Yeah, uh, that's fair. What about Reyno? Where does this leave him with his teammates moving forward? If he was forgiven and took it like a man, took it on the chin, then it should be. Do you think he was forgiven? Do you think he was really forgiven? Because we have heard that it was multiple players that confronted him about it, and that it yeah. was, according to the Athletic, the word that they use from multiple sources, untenable. Look, Stevie and Craig have played in multiple locker rooms. If a player is good enough to help you win. It doesn't matter what he's like off the field. You want him next to you, and you will forgive him if he is sincere in that apology. Players with less talent than Gio Verena have acted worse and still been forgiven, and everything is good. Okay. Uh, there it is, guys. Uh, we will uh, come to you next time, Craig, for rundown advice. Uh, next time we need it here on Football. I will <laughs> let you know how Christian Pulisic's toenails are doing, just in case you got to lead with it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We love Football Americas. You can check it out at ESPN+. Plus. It is live from Qatar every night during the World Cup, and it's been brilliant throughout. Make I thought those two would be home by now. Guys. No, I'll come there too.
Jolly, jolly up now. Still there. By the way, I'll take oh, a pain in the butt, teammate, if, I'm, if you're going to get me out. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll take it. Yeah. I've, 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 played with, I've played with lazy players before. Will you, ta- will you take this topic in the A segment of Football Americas? I hope so. Lots more talk on the World Cup over on our YouTube page. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure to do that. Click in ESPN FC on YouTube and the content is uploaded daily. In fact, hourly, there's plenty of it over there. Hourly? No. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Now, the first semi-final showdown is coming up. It's between Argentina and Croatia. Argentina, favourites going into this one. And there's been a lot of headlines focused on the Albi Celeste's celebrations after that penalty shootout win the what? over the Netherlands. The Albi Celeste, of course. <laughs> Albi Celeste, explain to me what the hell <laughs> is that? Uh, Stuart, their nickname. Stuart <laughs> Robson, Gemma Soler and Julian Laurent are with us. And I'd like to start actually by talking to Gemma because we did see a very animated Messi afterwards in the mix zone. Horrible. Calling out Wout Weghorst. Gemma, you've been in many a mix on where Lionel Messi's been, all of your time spent covering Barcelona. Have you ever seen him like that? Really few times, uh, Kay. Um, I think he has that special dirty look that we haven't seen that much lately with Lionel Messi. I've seen that when he faced uh, bitter rivals Real Madrid. I remember especially that 2017 when he showed the, the T-shirt with that late goal. I have seen that the first time he faced uh, Pep Guardiola as a as a rival coach with Bayern Munich in that uh, Champions League uh, tie that uh, he trashed uh, Bayern only by himself that uh, Boateng will remember that iconic uh, match Um, and I see him doing that again that dirty look that uh, I mean if you are a rival don't get Messi angry I think he's got uh, that competitive gen he's more Argentinian than ever I think his heart was somehow divided between Argentina and Barcelona and now he's 100% Argentinian and becoming every time uh, closer to Maradona I think 
So when we saw that lot of passion in the Argentine side, and there's a lot of talk about how that can bring unity to a team, and it's great to see. Do you see it as a help or a hindrance? Can you be too fired up? Well, it was almost a hindrance against Holland when they lost the plot. And they did. Paredes, uh, not so much Messi on the field, but one or two others. Maybe more than one or two others. So I bet about Veghorst, when he was trudging around at Burnley, never thought he was going to get called out by, uh, <laughs> by, by Lionel Messi uh, a year or so later. But yeah, they've got, to, they've got to harness that in the right way, and I don't think they did. When Scaloni made those substitutions against Holland, when the tide was turning a little bit, the pressure was on, the big guys were up front, they were lumping it forward. They lost it. At one point, they lost it. And, you know, when he Predis slammed the ball into the technical uh, area uh, just after the free kick, and everything was going off. So they have to harness that in the right way. Look, four years ago, Croatia hammered them at the World Cup, 3-0, in Russia. But it's, there's only, like, I don't know, three or four players, certainly from the starters, that are left in that Croatia team. But it's still a good side. You all right with it, CV? No, I think definitely it could affect them. I, at the start of this tournament, I thought the fact that it was Messi's last World Cup, trying to win it to become <clears throat> the greatest, everybody comparing him to Pele and Maradona, I thought that was definitely going to help. But I agree with Craig that it did fall apart. And I think a lot of it was to do with it was getting too much. So, so what's it going to be in the semis? And even if they get to the final, you, you just think they could, they could implode. Yeah. And I think Croatia will have noted that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they just do that, don't they? They do, but they've got, you know, they've got a lot of experience in that side as well as some good uh, younger players that have come mm. through, particularly at the back. And they'll have noted that. And uh, I mean, Modric and Co are not noted for digging people out and winding people up, but uh, when you see that kind of reaction, I think it's part of the armory, is it not? Do you think the pressure is getting to Argentina, Jules? Do you think that's what we saw in this game? I'm, I'm not sure so much the pressure because they were they were tuning up at some point when Paredes came on and I think it was really Paredes coming on that kicked it all off. And he's got that edge in him. We saw it at PSG. I think he still, he still has that in him and, and sometimes you don't really understand why he, he, goes, he goes on one like he did kicking that ball in, in, the, in the Dutch bench because that's really where he all kicked off. Before that, he was tense and I was at the stadium and you could feel the tension. It's normal. It's a quarterfinal of the World Cup. But Pareda is kicking the ball into, into the Dutch bench. Then that's where he all like, bam, exploded completely. And after that, there was just no way back. They went one after the other and they kept going into duels and challenges. But maybe it's not a bad thing that Argentina have that edge again because the pole... Paredes, Otamendi, Lisandro, all of them have that kind of edge. And I guess maybe to win a World Cup, you need at times to be a bit nasty. No, you know, also you need a decent ref. Now, we didn't see one in the England-France game. Lajos in the Argentina-Holland game was, was prancing around. Like, the, there was only one camera at the game and it was on him. I mean, you can't, this needs, I, I know every big game needs strong refs, but this World Cup semi-final, you know, Croatia have been there recently. Argentina, it's definitely, you'd imagine, Messi's last throw of the dice. They thought, they never even thought they would be at this stage after that Saudi Arabia game. So there's going to be a lot of pent-up energy, frustration, passion. I've no idea, as I sit here now, who is reffing it, but as long as it's somebody who can handle it better than the two guys that I mentioned, that's going to be a start. Can, can I just be clear here? 
No, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but when, I, when I'm talking about the pressure being too much, I'm not talking about, there's nothing wrong with having, having that, that savage street where you want to kick people, you want to fight for what, to win the World Cup. I'm talking about the fact that Messi could win the World Cup and everybody in Argentina, including the 10 players on the field, are with him. That's what may boil over. They might lose the composure because of that. Not because you don't want to fight or run around. You need to compose yourself in times like the last minute against the Dutch. Yes, it's a great free kick, but the fact is, the desire to win, the composure disappeared, which is why they gave the free kick away in the first place. If they can get over that, then they can win it. So let's talk about the 10 players on the field plus Messi, Stuart. What do you think of those who say Argentina is just an ordinary team with Messi? Uh, I would slightly agree with them. Yeah, obviously, Messi is the, the outstanding player. But when you look at some of their defenders, Lisandro Martinez, I still don't think he's particularly quick. I don't think he's particularly good in the air. I've seen Otamendi play for Benfica a lot this season. He's their weakest player. He's the player that you can run down the side of. And they've got Romero, we know. We're just talking about aggression and, and going over the top. Romero is one of those sort of players. De Paul, I don't think, has played particularly well for Atletico Madrid over his time. Acuna and Molina, the two fullbacks, are they decent? They played in the last game. They're not going to play in this one, I don't think. Alvarez is a good player. But I think they're all about Messi at the moment. And the other players just have to keep their composure, make sure they play with discipline and be disciplined in, the, in their tactical approach and their approach to, in terms of tackling. Let's be honest, if you took, I mean, uh, they're all good players and playing at a good level. Yeah, they're not, they're not ham and eggers, but, but let's be frank about it. Semi-final of a World Cup. If you took Lionel Messi out there and put Joe Bloggs in, you're, you're not exactly running scared of that team, are you? No. Well, you're not. You know, that's not to say they won't go on and win it and be successful because we see Morocco in the other semi-final and we can see what's possible. But if you take, and obviously we're not taking Lionel Messi out, but if you did, the supporting cast is not exactly a gold star. And of course, Gemma, every player wants to win the World Cup, but these players especially want to win it for Messi too. Yes, uh, because he has become the, the leader of that team. Uh, um, he has led them to to be successful again with that Copa America that I think at some point it's not comparable to the World Cup, but take a little bit of pressure to, to this young group where Messi is the absolute uh, leader. Uh, I agree that they haven't been able to convince us for 90 minutes in any game, but there is talent there. And I think Scaloni has been flexible enough to, to change his uh, uh, idea at the beginning to include Enzo Fernandez, uh, El Araña, Julian Alvarez uh, there in the forward line. And they are a very talented group. And I think that uh, making Messi angry, and he's still angry, he will be angry tomorrow, uh, is the, the worst thing you can do. And yes, okay, all the, all the teams surrounding him wants to do this as well for, for uh, eventually seeing Messi be a world champion. A Croatia to be reckoned with though especially at this level right now and the fact that if it does go into extra time you'd say that it probably favoured them given the fact that they've been able to weather the storm in countless extra times in World Cups of uh, I really don't know to be honest but yeah I mean that midfield of Brozovic Kovacic and, and Modric has been been outstanding Vardiol has been superb alongside Lovren Biranovic at fullback Souza who came back in after an illness uh, they've been and, and Levakovic in goal. 
They really are missing. I mean, the key ingredient for them is is they've struggled a bit through the middle up front, and they've made some changes there. They don't have obviously a Mandzukic anymore, and they have shuffled it around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, when you can control the middle of the park, and I think they are stronger in the middle, Stevie, than Argentina. Aye. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with Evan, particularly with the, the ball. I, I, I'm shocked every time they start a game. I'm shocked he's in the team. The ball for Argentina. I don't. I, I mean, how many of the Argentinian midfield would get in that team? I don't think in the middle of the park. I don't think any of them would. In fact, the majority. If you were picking a side between the two of them, I, w- I would suggest there would be probably more Croatian players in it. Yet everybody is picking Argentina because of one guy. Because of the it is because. Is it because of that one guy, Jules, that you've gone for Argentina? Yeah, I think so. I've seen them play live now four times, I think, in this World Cup, and every time. You think, okay, he can't do it again. It's not possible. Not at 35. Not when everybody knows that he's he still has magic in his feet and he finds some way, a way of doing it and impacting the game like we saw against the Dutch in that first goal where the reverse, the reverse no-look pass for Molina is just out of this world. So, of course, you have to go for Argentina just for Messi. And if we do talk about Messi with Argentina, Stuart, we're often hearing just Luka Modric with Croatia, but it's hard not to talk about him, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he, he plays a free role almost. He play in front of the other two, uh, Brozovic and Kovacic, who, who Craig was talking about. But I think their key player, in terms of attacking sense, because they struggle in the centre-four position, there's no doubt about it, whether it's Kramaric or Petkovic playing up front, they struggle there. The player that can still cause problems when they go down the right-hand side is Perisic coming round the back. If they can get deep crosses into that far post, he's the main threat, I think, for, for, for Croatia. But Modric is the one that pulls the strings. And if the game is played at a slow tempo, that's what Croatia want. They did it against Brazil. They controlled the midfield. They kept the ball. They frustrated Brazil. And Brazil didn't play the right sort of game. Maybe Argentina will play at a higher tempo, be more intense with their closing down, and make it more difficult for the likes of Modric. And then the other semi-final is France taking on Morocco. Many and I on this one, the defending champions taking on the tournament darlings. The defending champions, the favourites coming into this one. And just a reminder that ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Gemma, we've been talking about Morocco's progress. And I wonder if it's a big surprise to you, given that you'll know many a player in this team from La Liga. Um, it was a big surprise uh, to see the, the way they hold the opening game against Croatia because we know the talent of these players, but some of the key players are not enjoying uh, especially a great season. Like in, in the city, he's hardly playing, not with uh, not with Lopetegui, not with uh, San Paoli. So, uh, yes, it's been kind of a surprise. Then when I saw them against Belgium, I was like, okay, this team really melts perfectly uh, together and uh, what they have managed to do is, uh, hasn't been no surprise for me. It would be a huge surprise to see them beating France. Uh, but uh, yes, we know well Bono, he was the best goalkeeper last season in uh, La Liga and uh, the, the funny thing uh, or curious thing uh, it re- reflects our time is that half of this squad were born in uh, Europe a lot of them were uh, created in the Spanish academies like Hakim in Real Madrid uh, or Munir uh, Mohamedi uh, as well and 
Actually, Spain tried Hakimi to play for them, and he didn't feel like home. He felt uh, he suffered some episodes of racism, so that's why he decided to pick uh, Morocco. And I think that's something that European uh, nations can can think about it. The the, the way, no, the, that we treat uh, these uh, these people that's uh, coming so. Um, talented one like the, this one. So the Atlas Lions, it has been a surprise at the beginning and, and not the rest of the tournament. And it's amazing the way that the, the player number 12, I think, is affecting them. I was at the Spain game. I haven't seen that, uh, heard that booing in a classico against the, the rival. It was amazing and it will be for sure against France, uh, again, the, the local team, uh, the Morocco. Stuart, what have you made of Morocco in this World Cup? Uh, when you talk about sitting deep and defending within, with making being really compact, stopping the opposition playing through you, defending for your lives, Morocco have done that superbly. You know they play, they play, had to play on the counter attack in most of the games, but defensively they've been so well organised. There's so many teams that when they drop that little bit deeper, they don't get the intensity when they close down. Morocco have done that. They've dropped deep, but then they've defended with intensity as soon as the opposition get in the top third of the field. And then they've played on the counter-attack. Their defending has been the best in the tournament so far. And that's why they are where they are. Because in attacking sense, you know, they're always going to be... They're not going to make that many chances here. She's obviously their key player down the right-hand side. But overall, it's their defensive qualities, their understanding, the tactics of how to stop the opposition have been brilliant. Uh, we've seen some of the highlights, actually, Jules, of Ashraf Hakimi and Kylian Mbappe and the friendship that the two of them have. It's been obviously put out there on social media. comes as no surprise. That's a nice friendship to, to focus on when it comes to this game. But how do you see those two featuring in this game? Yeah, it's a great narrative in this, in this game, of course, because they will f directly face each other as well. So you often have a friend or a very good friend who play against you. But to play directly against each other as a right back and as a kind of a left winger, if you want, would be even special. Even special, they spend a lot of time together. They've spent a lot of time here in Doha together. The families know each other. It's, it goes way beyond football and way beyond just a normal friendship that you can have in a dressing room. Uh, so it would be very special. They just know each other so well, like by heart. I think Ashraf would know exactly what Kylian is going to do with his step over. Kylian knows exactly what Ashraf, the way Ashraf likes to defend or not. Be, I think it would be fascinating. And for Kylian to go from Kyle Walker in a very different matchup, of course, to then his best friend, it can't, can't be easy on back-to-back -back <coughs> games. Yeah, you wonder if that's going to be the important Well, you can't be friends for three or four hours. <laughs> you just can't be friends for three or four hours. If you want to be, if you want to be matey matey, then you're probably going to get done. You've got to put it out of your mind. He's just another player. And if that 50-50 tackle's there and you've got to smash him, you've got to smash him. And you can't be half-hearted about it, and you can't be thinking about it, and you can't be, you can't be, uh, you know, doubting yourself. Oh, I might hurt him. Oh, I might as my mate. No, there's no. It gets to this point in games, Stevie. You're going to there get are it? no friends in these games. No friends in football, Stevie. Absolutely none. Just ships so, passing so, in the hey, night. So keep your distance. All right. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a deep-rooted thing. Uh, away from it and has been for years I understand I've, all that I've never seen anybody you know there's been plenty of players who have played against each other who are brothers or friends I've never once that I can remember ever seen anything other than both parties if the ball stuck in between the two of them both of them smashing into each other it, it, it doesn't happen do you know, we'll have a beer afterwards. It's probably a glucose drink these days or yeah. something. They probably. Don't. <laughs> but, you know, you have a... You go, you say, Look, we'll, we'll talk about this after. We'll have a laugh about it. We'll see whatever. Whoever comes out the victor. 
and we'll you know we'll go and we'll have a cold beer, but let let let's not be doing all this matey matey thing during the game. Mm-hmm. There's way way too much on the line here. I know you two are going to laugh at me when I put this to Jules now. When I say that France just squeezed past England, Jules, have Morocco seen some areas they'll be able to exploit from that game? <laughs> I don't know. I think the boys were sure was right earlier. They're going to play exactly the same way that they play against Spain and Portugal. I don't know if they can pull out another miracle this time. I think France have something that Spain and Portugal didn't really have or didn't do enough because we saw when Nico Williams came on that he went on 1v1 with Masrawi and that's where Masrawi struggled. And then there were crosses in the box, uh, although there was nobody there. France would have Giroud in the box and I think... They, from what we've been told, the plan very much that they've been working on is for Dembele to go 1v1 with Masrawi, if Masrawi is even fit to play to play a, a left-back, and for Kylian, of course, to go 1v1 with Akimi, and then to, to put them under pressure like that, instead of just passing the ball from right to left, because what this Morocco side does really well is, is that shuffling. You know, they're so good, they're so compact, they're so narrow, that if there's not enough pace in the way you when you play your passes, if there's no 1v1 situation, or even 2v1 if your fullbacks go forward, then it's too comfortable for them to defend, and they're just too good at defending. Everyone's gone for France when it comes to the predictions. I'm interested to know why you've gone for them, Stuart Robson. Uh, exactly what Jules was just saying. I think Didier Deschamps will get the tactics right, get the ball wide quickly, switch a play really quickly, and then you've got Olivier I never thought I'd say this, but he's the most important player on the field. If they can get enough crosses into the box, Olivier Giroud, as he's shown over his career with France, will get on the end of something and score a goal, as he did against England. But they have to get other midfield players making runs into the box as well. Rabiot, uh, uh, in particular, who I thought was excellent in the game against England. So I think, yeah, France will win the game by a couple of goals to nil. I don't know why you were embarrassed saying that they only squeezed by England. You were actually kind about England. I was watching. Who cares? The most important <laughs> well, word England was passed. <laughs> yeah, you well, can they... use any word you like. <laughs> Pass England is all the matter. England played well, but the, but unfortunately they're out. They, the French had the, the nous and the experience and blah, blah. But it's not going to happen. For, I can't happen a third game in a row, can it? Morocco... Dream-like story, you know, clean sheets again. Now, France have got too much, I think. Well, we only have to wait a couple of days to find out. Oh, it could have been England. Could have been. (laughs) Would have been. been. It wasn't. Should have been. Uh, No, I won't say that. Gemma Soler, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to hearing much Uh more from Gemma because La Liga will be returning before the year is out and you can catch all of La Liga's games here on ESPN+. Plus. So make sure you are with us for that. Uh, just a reminder, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. These are the games that you have to look forward to over the new year period. And we are going to focus now on England because there's been a lot of talk about the future of Gareth Southgate. And it seems that opinion is a lot more divided after that game against France. Some have said that they definitely think he should be going after this tournament. Others have said, well, we've seen something a little more from him there. Stuart, I'm interested to know what you think about Gareth Southgate's future after seeing that game against France. Uh, It doesn't really change my point of view, the game against France. Uh, I think that Gareth Southgate is a, a relatively... Uh, limited coach. But in terms of man management and getting the the best out of a a lot of good players and making the players feel welcome, all that sort of stuff, which you have to do at international football, I'm not sure too many people can do it better than he does in terms of making sure the players enjoy their time with England. Because over the years, a lot of players have said they never really enjoyed playing for England. They now do enjoy playing for England. They've got some good players. And while I don't think he's a top-class coach, 
I wouldn't sack him at the moment or, 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 or try. I would try and persuade him to stay until the end of his contract, the European Championships. Stuart, what would you have done different if you were the manager in that game, looking back at it? Uh, I wouldn't have done a lot different. I mean, England had, particularly in the second half, they didn't play particularly well in the first half. I thought their movement down the right-hand side was good. Saka was obviously causing problems. Uh, there's not too much else he could have done. You know, would he bring on Grealish that bit early? I'm not a Grealish fan at the moment. I don't think he affected enough games for Man City over the course of the season. He had the best players on the field. I think that was the case. And he made the right substitutions at the right time. And that hasn't always been the case with Gareth Southgate. I blamed him for losing against Croatia. I blamed him for losing against Italy in the final of the, of the European Championship. He had a poor Nations League. But over the course of this, this World Cup, they've done OK. And I can't see any reason why you'd sack him before the end of his contract, which is the European Championship. There's two ways to look at it. I'm about 50-50 on it. Uh, because, yeah, they played some good stuff and we've got some fantastic attacking players in particular. I thought Declan Rice was outstanding and will eventually, whenever that is, leave West Ham and go on and, and patrol a midfield of a really, really top club. Uh, but ultimately, they've had three pops at it, and that's ultimately three failures. And when you look at the, the avenue that they've had to get to where the World Cup semi-final, the European, the Euro final, and now they've met the, the big hurdle in France this time around. And you look at the teams they've beaten in the last four or five years, the Panamas, the Ecuadors, the Colombias, uh, Iran, Wales, there's a list going on. It's not, there isn't any real elite level teams. Germany, they did beat in the Euros, but it, well, let's be honest, the, the Germans are going downhill at France clamour and continue to do so. So I think there's a little, there's a little bit, I think, from certainly the English, reading between the lines from the English fans, not so much the English journalists, is that actually with, with the pathway we've had, it, it might, it could, with these players, have been a little bit better. It could have been better. And, and I think that is an argument to be had. Right. Not that he, should, he deserved to be sacked. But they'll say the first time you came up against a big, strong opposition, you didn't manage to get past them. I, I think it's a 50-50 call at the moment. I, I think he's done well, but there has been an avenue for them to go all the way, particularly in the first two occasions. I, I'm OK with Gareth staying. I mean, this is, this is good for Gareth. us. <laughs> so you, it? You know, if he's... If he's a manager of Real Madrid or Barcelona or Man City or whatever, and he's second, third and fifth... Yeah, but if you were never there and now suddenly you are getting that far, there has, that not. has to be taken... Well, you're going the wrong way. You've got, you've got a final, you've got a final which means right? you're second. You lose a semi, which means you're, you're, you're third at least. And then this time you're, oh, what, fifth? When, well, when I'll tell you what, so if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if this is when a club team, you're going the wrong way. Before Gareth Southgate, though. Sorry? When were they doing that in recent years before Gareth Southgate come in? When were they going I'll give Gareth them a 20-year contract. I'll tell, you what, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you what, let's do it another way. Let's do it another way. Jules, can you list, list, list us off the top of your head the French players that were missing? Yeah, Benzema, Pogba, Kante, Kimpembe, and Kunku, and Lucas Hernandez. So six starters potentially. <laughs> so there you have that, that. That's part of the. That, I think that is part of the argument that some in England are having. Some in the media are saying Gareth's done great, you know, and, and he's harnessed an atmosphere, and the media relations is good, and the results have been pretty okay. Yes, there's another argument to say. This could have been a whole lot better when you think about who we've had and we've met the world champions. 
at the quarter-final stage and they're just missing all those players that Joe said. Yeah. And we were, in England, we're missing who? No, really? I mean, don't think anybody in particular. There's the argument. All right, Jules, I'm interested to know the reaction in France to that game against England and getting <coughs> past them. Obviously, they're happy to have that one out of the way. And can you tell us a little bit more about the reaction to Harry Kane taking the second penalty? Because I heard that there was some surprise in France that he did that. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, surprised, I'm not sure, but a debate for sure uh, about whether it was right for him to take that second pen, considering he was against against Hugo Lloris, who he obviously knows very well. Uh, and the French was just like... Um, there, there was not saying that it was a criticism of, of Kane or of Southgate for, for, for Kane to take it. They were just saying, like, is it was that OK? Was that planned? Did they even discuss it? And I, I don't think it was ever discussed. It was Kane for penalties, whether he had one, two, three, four in the same game against a keeper that he knew, who knew him or not, it didn't matter so much. The reaction in France, and to be fair, I, I started it. I'm tired of his substitutions. I'm tired of his very, very poor in-game management, Southgate. And, and I just, I agree with Stuart, every single word Stuart said, I just don't think he's good enough. Why is Raheem Sterling even, even coming on in that game? How come Raheem Sterling is the first player that Gary Southgate is thinking of when you 2-1 down against France with 10 minutes to go, when he's just spent five days in London, he's flew back from Doha to London, seven hours, three hours time difference, went back the other way after four days to deal with something that was quite traumatic to him and his family, another seven-hour flight, another three hours delay time difference. And then you bring him on for Saka, who is your best player so far. That didn't make any sense. Like, it didn't make any sense not to capitalize on on England being so dominant in that second half and waiting, waiting to be 2-1 two two down to make your first substitution. I just don't get it and it's not the first time and just for that reason, I just don't think he's good enough for a very, very talented squad. Not only that, not only, not only that, but Sterling hadn't really played well uh, before going home. Then he had that in his mind. As Joe, all the reasons Joe's mentioned, he flies back. Rashford, who was... You know, up until the Senegal game, we thought he was going to start because he'd been flying. You're looking at his pace in behind, his goal threat in behind. He should have been the first port of call. And to go back to the penalty, if Jordan Henderson or Phil Foden or anybody else had stepped up and taken that penalty and missed, Harry Kane would have been bludgeoned. <laughs> Absolutely bludgeoned by all and sundry. So I really don't think he had any choice to stand up as the leader, as the main marksman, as the penalty taker and take that responsibility. He'd already scored. Have they forgotten? He's already scored. Yeah, but then it's a whole new... Yeah. Well, how, what's the difference between the, the second one and the first one? Well, Harry Kane showed the first time round he could outfox the goalkeeper. So why wouldn't he be able to do it a second time? Jules, understandably then, Gareth Southgate will not be your manager of the tournament so far, but we have asked <laughs> you to put together your team no. of the tournament right now. Talk us through it. Talk us through that picture. Thank you for the photo, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I went... Yeah, ha, ha. I knew you were going to say something. Uh, I went for Walid Regragui, of course, as the head coach, because it's an amazing story. He'd been in, he'd been in charge for two, for two minutes, and he's taking this team to the semi-final for the first time in African football history. It's incredible. I've got Bunu in gold because, as Stuart said earlier, they are the best defence in this tournament. So Hakimi and Saiz are both, are both there as well. Saiz have been playing almost an, a game and a half on one leg. I thought Vardiol at 20 years old had been outstanding 
for Croatia and I like Borna Sosa a lot at left back. The midfield three is really is tricky because there have been a lot of outstanding performances really but Declan Rice, Craig mentioned him earlier, I thought was great through the tournament. I love that new position for Griezmann and we saw how well he played against England and then Luka Modric because it's Luka Modric and then the front three, Messi and Kylian are obviously your first picks and then I went for Saka because I liked what Saka did through this tournament against France, the penalty that he got, the goals that he scored against Senegal, for example, and he's still very young, but you see all the potential, and I think this competition will give him a lot of confidence. Hold on, we can't go, but we have to mention that picture again. <laughs> to me, he looks like an overage student. No. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's just fallen in love with his teacher <laughs> and he's, 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 he's glaring at, he's glaring, uh-huh. glaring at well, the like, teacher like Macron <laughs> oh wow 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 All like, right, like Papa, Macron what do you think of... is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> did you see that gaze in his eyes there uh-huh. looking at the yeah. teacher uh, mm. Robert what do you think of Jules' team it's a good team and I, I would agree with most of those players I think they've, all those players that he mentioned have done well there was a case maybe for Bellingham getting in. And I never thought that Griezmann, having seen him play for Atletico Madrid over the last year or so, that would be in the, the, the world's best team at the, at the World Cup. But he has been excellent. He's been a different sort of player for France. And as he said, he's found that new position almost through an inside right position, making those forward runs, got a good understanding with Dembele. So uh, I'd go along with most of those players that Jules mentioned. Any additions to that? I think yeah. I would switch Frenchman. I would have Giroud up front and take Griezmann out. I think that's the only change I would make. Okay, anything? Oh, I was looking up uh, how many games he'd actually <laughs> yeah. played, and on my phone, and I got caught. Now, my pronunciation here might not be perfect, but Anua, number eight from Morocco. Nadeem Anua? No. Jules, help me out. Unai. 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 All right, all right, I got it wrong. Oh, you probably had a subs list as well in your head, Jules, right? Unai. Something you didn't From... want to, that you wanted to put in, but there just wasn't room yeah, for them. Yeah, he was, he was on there. Right, let me, get, let me go yeah, the full way Craig is right. What an outstanding performance. Yeah. Derek Ray would be really proud of you. Well, is, what did I call him? What did I call him? No, you're right, Unai. Anua, and he plays for Angers. <laughs> I'm going the whole way. I'm going the whole way. He plays for Angus. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll move on. Somebody will phone in now. On the Gavin Jules podcast. Yeah, Derek won't be happy with Somebody will not be happy. Either. They'll co- complain to my boss. They're coming to us regularly throughout their time in Qatar. Make sure to check that out wherever you do get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You can see that Alexis Nunes, Shaka Hislop, oh. has decided to also so grace us with his present. Nice of Shaq to turn up. Yep, uh, we have to say goodbye to Stuart Robson. We forgot to do that. Jules is sticking <laughs> around as well. These guys, these guys have been out enjoying the desert, Alexis. <clears throat> Yeah, okay, we had to, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans, everybody here has been doing it. And finally, today was the day we needed to, because ever since Shaka touched down, all he's wanted to do is ride a camel. And Shaka and Jules being the competitive fiend that he is, they actually <laughs> went on the camel. <laughs> they went on the camels themselves. Shaka and Jules went together. And then your camels started attacking each other. Shaka, Shaka's uh, camel was very aggressive. The camel, the camel can oh, sense who's, you, who's riding movie. them. Yep. Jules and his camel ca- cut it across my path. My camel wasn't, wasn't too pleased with that. <laughs> I was, I was trying to stand up for the camel rights. I was trying to see how much they literally can weigh. Oh, I, I did, Kay. I was really good at it. Kay, I was really good at camel riding. I was definitely sat in the wrong place. Not so much, not so much Alexis. I was trying to think of the camel and I was trying to distribute my weight evenly so that I didn't harm him. You know me, animal rights always. But, but, um, but I'm, ta- okay. I'm told, Chaka, that you got the hump because Jules was a bit faster oh, than you on his. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah? No. Jules started up in front. Oof. Look at the on the afterburn. He's struggling. I started going by him. I love what's that? Did you hear me for Shaka in the background? I had a beat. <laughs> this is where it gets dirty, though, Kay, because like I was telling you, look at. Has this been Kay's testosterone? Well, I'm just glad he's keeping himself busy over so there. So technically, Jules. Uh-huh. Jules- Hey, Shaq, yeah. I don't know We've if you've noticed. Very hard. That's right, Craig. Shaq, That's I don't know correct. if you've noticed. We've got a bit of a delay here, sorry. But there's a World Cup going on just, just over your shoulder. Did you know that? <laughs> World Cup. Soccer. Do you know... Leave me and my camel alone. Me and my camel are doing just fine. Thank you very much. What did you name your camel? Creed. He named his camel my Creed camel, because he was trying to Creed. bite Jules' yeah. camel. Neil. So he was a bit feisty. Neil. Um, but Jules, you survived. Survived. I survived. Yeah, just about. I mean that. Did you? I mean, I let people judge what kind of guy Shaka Islop is just on that losing and then throwing me over. Almost, I went to the sea. I was almost in Saudi Arabia. It was crazy. Like such a bad What's loser. Listen, I'm not going to make the joke They're about. Special. I'm not. I'm not going to make the joke about Gab turned up, and the camel went. Whoa! Hold on a minute. No, no. <laughs> too, I don't too know. much. I don't know if Gab has ridden a camel yet. What were you up to while those boys were getting all aggressive and competitive? She was on the camel. <laughs> well, Kay, I actually took the sledge. I took the sledge down, as you can see. 
Um, look at that technique. Look at that form. I mean, just absolutely brilliant. I was the only one that didn't fall off of the sledge. But then coming back up, I'm just going to show the world now how I am the most unfit person ever because I ran out of breath. It took me about two hours to get back up. I kind of just told them. I kind of just told them to go without me. Set a, set a candle to get Alexis at the new tune. Alexis is See, look at Shaka, not the right off. form, Shaka. It's all in the abs. <laughs> it's all How come we didn't a, get well, much trip? It wasn't really a day off, was it? We were that working hard very work. hard. That was hard work. I'm warning you. It was hard work. Uh, yeah, we got we hear work it was hard in. work, Shaka. Uh, we got scared half to death going through the dunes. Yeah, we hear it was hard work, Shaka, because, you know, Craig just mentioned there's a World Cup going on over your shoulder. Not that you would have noticed. <laughs> 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 Standard. Uh, uh, this, is my, this is my amazing camera work here. <laughs> going on in this trip? That is so mean. That is so mean. This is the only time Jules has been quiet for the entire trip. So I was like, By what's going way. on there behind me? And when I looked around, both of them catching flies. The mouth opens. Not, not a good, <laughs> not a good look. look. Not a good look there with the mouth open. What people don't know is, you know that position Shaka was in there? That like just laying back his car <laughs> actually goes back to Boston. <laughs> so I mean you're not talking about all these you know these these what do they call it? Uber now that you uh, no, not Uber, but the other one where you don't uh, the, the the computer packs the car for you and all right. that. He's ahead of the game. <laughs> Autonomous. Oh, he's, ahead of the, he's ahead of the game. <laughs> he goes right. back to Boston in that position every day after the show. <laughs> the car just goes marvellous. Well, he's not getting any rest tonight because uh, we're going to call him back for extra time. Than... Uh, yeah, must, right. be, must be French. He's singing if Jules is happy Sorry, like our ESPN Argentina door. colleagues... Oh. Our ESPN Argentina colleagues are just beside us. They have a live band to play some of their chants. And, I mean, it's impossible to not get involved. Yeah. Jules, Jules yeah, already has Argentina winning this World Cup. No chance. Oh, he's yeah. nervous. He's nervous. Yeah, but he was he was celebrating along there. You got to be careful, Jules. Listen, guys, we're going to let you guys get some rest. Thanks so much for being with us. Not Can we rest another day? Not Shaka. Yeah. Shaka's going to be back on Extra Time. You can always check out Extra Time over on our YouTube page. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
And here's the championship schedule coming up. So tight is it right now that West Brom are just now eight points off the top six with a game in hand. But they'd actually started the day in 22nd, just one point off safety. It really is wow. tight in the championship. It's such a great league to watch. You can always catch it on ESPN+. That will do it for the latest. That's the most worrying thing after today's show. That. That. And the fact I don't have my extra sitting time there, Sitting there on an island, that flower. I have Why no idea it? what Why the hell it's for. For festivities. And that's the, that's the budget. Okay, we'll what festivities is it today? We're going to see Jesus. a for extra time. The 12th of December. What's festivities? All right. FC Extra Time is presented by Globant and Craig Burley has been keeping himself very much in shape right now. He is fighting fit. I'm hoping he'll go get my questions for extra time for me. Oh, so you're just flapping. <laughs> no, we'll just read them. We'll just read them too hard for it. If that's all we can spend on Christmas decorations, I'm not walking. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is that the festivities? Yeah, well, Christmas? it's holiday decorations. That's not it's a decoration. The holidays are 12th of December. And there's some nice ones below us as well. You just can't see because of the topic bar. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what's the point of having the topic bar down there? We need to sort this. I mean, that, that there. That is. That needs to go. That's a waste of time. All right, we're going to wait for these questions to come up. Shaka Hislop is with us as well. He's going to be answering your questions and not falling asleep on the job, hopefully. Do you want me to go and get them? Yes, please. I'm I'm, I'm well rested now, okay, don't worry. We blew the budget on camels. (laughs) We will start with the first one while Craig brings the rest of them. Was it better having the World Cup in a small place geographically like Qatar with all the games and fans in basically the same place and the players don't have to travel long distances or better in other World Cups with the games and fans far away from each other? I think Craig's done one. So I'll ask you that, Shaka. Is it, is it nice to be able to bounce from stadium to stadium in this World Cup? I, I think it's a whole lot nicer in a small country when... You can stay centrally and travel to see whatever whatever games you like, regardless of, of, of who you're supporting. And, and, and you know how it is in these World Cups. You're not quite sure what tickets you're going to get. Sometimes you want to go and see different countries uh, or different countries play. And given how small Qatar is and the proximity of, of the stadiums to each other, you, you're able to do that. I, I have to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed my experience here, being able to go to different games, sometimes different games on, on the exact same day. I don't think we could have done that any time before, and certainly won't be able to do that in 2026. Yeah. All right, all right, Shaq, we get it. We get it. Thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed. And on, your off days, on, on your off days, you could go ride camels. I'm just saying, the next, you could go ride camels and everything is that's, great. That's why I took so long over there. There can't be the amount of questions that are on there. There's three sheets. <laughs> I might end up repeating myself then. Yep. Second might question for Shaka. I'm not falling for that. <laughs> <laughs> Second question for Shaka. How big a psychological edge would Loris have had over Kane when he stepped up to take the penalties given their playing history? Um, listen, I, I always see. I've, I've looked at all these penalties from from the eye of the of the goalkeeper, and in the first penalty, Loris goes low to his left. Kane goes high to Yoris's right. In the second penalty, and I, I keep saying this, it's all about the first step. I think Yoris gets the first step and times it perfectly well. And then he goes high right, exactly where Harry Kane went with his first. And I think Harry Kane kind of sees the move and tries to go down the middle as a result. 
but but just overcooks it slightly, and so it becomes a. a so I, the way I see it, Yoris wins what was a psychological battle around that second penalty. Should have had a psychology coach for the penalties, Craig. Yeah. What was your strategy, Shaq? Just accept it was going in and <laughs> move yeah. on. I just, I just turned it back of the net and just waited. They're like, ah, it's going in. It'll be alright. Yeah, but right. It's interesting. If you were to take it again, would you? What, what would you do? How would your mind work? If you're in the same game and you have to take another one? I've taken three. Right. Okay. Of course you have. So how did, how did your mind work on each of those? You don't want to know how my mind works. Trust me. And my mind was the keep. I went the same way twice. All right, Shaq. That's enough. I went the same way. T- First twice. <laughs> the first twice. The first. <laughs> You're confusing me now. I know, I'm sorry. I think you the can first say two that. penalties, I, I went the that. same way across the goalkeeper. And my thinking was he was going to go the other way than where I went the first time. But he went the same way. It just so happens I hit it hard enough and high enough into the corner. It's a game of bluff. And then the last one, I changed my mind a bit like maybe Harry Kane did. I was changing my mind as I was running up. <laughs> Because I was, I didn't know if he was going that way, that way, or it's hard, man. Well, that's that's Shaka, right? So, people always talk about, and I, and I actually believe, I actually believe that whether it's Harry Kane or anybody else, if they put it where they want to put it and they hit it hard enough, the goalie's not saving it. Would you agree with that, Shaka? Yeah. I, so, I, I totally agree with that, uh, Stevie. I, I think if Harry, if Harry Kane goes with the exact same penalty, even if Yoris anticipates that, even if he gets the timing just right and that's where he goes, Harry Kane hits them so well that I, I don't think Yoris is, is saving it regardless. He gets closer, but I, I don't think he's saving it. If you f- Harry Kane put out, uh, I don't follow Harry Kane or any footballers, to be quite frank with you, they bore me to death. But... I saw somebody retweeting when he put a message out about what it meant and he felt sorry and blah, blah, blah. And you've only got to click on the reply, the replies to see the morons out there. <laughs> you know. The dangerous game, the comments, the replies. Well, I was sometimes just, very entertaining as well. Well, I was intrigued because I just thought, well, how's this going to go? And I looked down a little bit, not far, because it was, as it said, on the tin. But you know, the idiots the out there are saying, look at the size of the goals, you've just got to hit the target, all this sort of stuff. People who have just no idea that you have a highly paid professional goalkeeper in there who's won the World Cup and who's trying to out, out, outfox you, basically, for want of a better term, and trying to get in your head. And honestly, you've just got to, I suppose that's normal, isn't it? But yeah. I hope, hopefully he never read them, I'm sure he didn't. No, I'm sure he didn't. Can failure in the World Cup motivate top players to win the Champions League this season or will it affect them negatively? No, it shouldn't make any difference. I mean, what are you supposed to do, try harder? (laughs) No. Proper players... Proper players understand that your career goes up and down. There's the great highs and sometimes there's the great lows. Hold on, do that again. <laughs> and so you accept that, and whatever cards you're dealt, you move I thought on. it was more about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it depends who you're playing for, doesn't it? If you're playing for the Brazilians, it's a bit more like that, right? Right? Yep. 
Can, um, yeah, that's why I scribbled them out because I right. end up reading it again. Well, go on, read it again. It was such a good question. Because <laughs> yeah. he'll do that again. So who, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> to anyone, should Canada feel less devastated regarding their World Cup exit now, seeing that they had two World Cup semi-finalists and a strong Belgium team in their group? Anyone's who is anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Well, he's not here. Anyone is he? in front? Anyone's not here. They should be pleased with the way they played for the two games. They were unlucky. They could have, they could have won the two games. They didn't. Sometimes that happens. But the way they played, absolutely, they should be they should be happy. Stevie, looking back at all your player and managerial honours over the years, which one award or achievement are you most proud of? What's that? No. What's that one that caught all over here? That one. The shield. The shield. <laughs> I didn't even know it's called. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you support us, you, you need to get yourself on Herkin, sir, by the way. Oh. It's seven. Excuse me, it's, it's seven Herkin. Well, Herkin told me it was Herkin, sir. But it's seven Herkin. We're currently discussing Pulisic's ingrown toenail, I would imagine. Yeah, the shield. It, they they get into the, the shield final of the shield <laughs> and then they blew it for him. <laughs> shield. <laughs> I guess I would have to say that the, you know, winning the FA Cup. The year of Hillsborough would have to be up there. But the rest are just a smidgen below it. It's everyone's all, brilliant. Everyone's great. Fantastic. See okay. how she just why I not have to. She just scribble yeah. it out. Otherwise it's just all writing. Why don't you go for the straight one, the like Gonsville? Oh I could just do this with it. Aye. Checker. Sideways. As a man who knows a few things about holidays, which of the four oh dear, countries man. remaining in the World Cup would you like Ooh. to visit and why? Can it quite a belter? Oh, I'd like, to, I'd like to visit Morocco most. Mm. I know quite a few people who've been to Morocco and absolutely love it. And architecture, unique, food, exceptional. I'm a little bit of a foodie. You may or may not have guessed. Um, so of the four, without question, it's, it's, it's Morocco. I've been to France. Um, not been to Argentina or Croatia, but Morocco easily. Architecture? Architecture. Very cultured. Chakra is. I, thank you very much, Kay. That that's exactly right. You know when he was on that camera? Exactly right. He was on that camera, he was sitting he was definitely in the back seat, wasn't he? It was, he was, he was in the wrong out. seat. He was, this. he was on the back seat. If camels have seats. <laughs> but on this one for purposes of the story, he's got a seat. And the camel turned to him. Did you see the camel turning and going, but time you had a holiday, big man. You like a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> Camel can talk. <laughs> which which, which of the four nothing nations? I, nothing I can say to that. Well, nothing. Croatia, I've been to Zagreb, but I've not been to the uh, the uh, seaside resort in Croatia, Dubrovnik. It's supposed to be really nice. So you'd like to go there? Sorry? We'd like to go no, there? No, no, I'm getting there. I'm biding time to think about the other teams that are in it. <laughs> Morocco, yeah, it's good for holiday destination. Who's the other team? Argentina. France. France. I've been, well, everybody's been to France. Everybody. I'd like. I'd actually like to go to Argentina. Good choice. I've been to Brazil when the 2014 World Cup was on. That's a different story. Wasn't a pleasant stay, I have to say. I'd love to go to Argentina. And just for one of the Argentinian steaks, they're supposed to be the best in the world. He's nodding his head and he would have it He would have it well done. I did as well. Absolutely, Argentina's the place to go. Are you allowed back in the country? Absolutely, yeah. 
We didn't quite manage. We didn't quite manage to get everything in, including the games, including the mission, including the games. No, oh, Argentina was brilliant. All the dancing in the street. What do you call the um, the tango? The tango. Oh, he walked in. He walked in the street, and all these people doing the tango. It's fantastic. Jim Smith did that, not in Argentina. Sorry, the late Jim what, Smith. Tango? No, Jim went to. <laughs> Jim, no, no, Jim went to Italy. No, it's about him coming back with no players. Jim went to Italy, year, obviously years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years plus. And they would wear for two or three days at least. And he hadn't got a player because he hadn't got the deals that he was trying to do over the line. And he turned to, I think it was Neil Sellett, and he said, we've got to go back with somebody. He said, because the chairman will sack me if I don't go back with a player. So he ended up, somebody told him about Bayano. Do you remember Bayano? The little Italian guy. So he said, "We'll Not take Bayano. No, we'll take him." He said, "We'll take him and go back." He turned out to be a star for them, but he was like the last resort. And somebody went, "He's available." And Jim went, "Yeah, we'll take him." <laughs> he said, "So we'll go back to the chairman and say, look what I've got.'" <laughs> so it was a more successful mission than Stevie yeah. in Argentina. It turned oh, out that was, it was very successful. <laughs> successful. What are you talking about? Can, it was no, brilliant. Can you imagine him? <laughs> and, can you imagine? Can you imagine him and Paul? <laughs> Seriously. In Argentina. <laughs> Wonderful. That was magic. We had a great time. What year was that, Stevie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, 2007, maybe? Right. Aye. Uh, okay. Great For time. all. Great time. What was the architecture uh, like? Was it uh, lovely? Shaka's. Oh, what could he see in the dark? Well, the inside of a pub. A philosophical Stevie recently said, "Winning is the deodorant of a game oh, because right. it covers all bad smells." Right. <laughs> like well, it does, doesn't it? You can be you can be absolutely wrong, but you end up winning by an own goal. Mark Twain, Stevie so, Nichol. There you go. <laughs> covers all bad smells. Do, do you like that one, Shaka? It's it's very Stevie-esque. It's probably the best way to put it. It's There's a lot better ways to phrase that, but Stevie being Stevie. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it yeah. is. Do the other ESPN FC panellists have similar words of wisdom for us? Do you have any similar words of wisdom, Shaka? <laughs> no. Nobody's got similar words to Stevie. Let's just let's just leave that right there. That any mottos you follow, Craig, or any words of wisdom? Yeah. Deodorant is what? <laughs> deodorant is... Winning is the deodorant <laughs> of the game. Because it covers deodorant. all bad smells. Covers all bad... No, I've, I've got to tell you. I've got one at you, one at you. The man that never made a mistake, never made anything. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've got to tell you, I think you may be with me on this. Uh, you know when you walk into all these stadiums today and dressing rooms yeah. and they've got all these signs and all these things 
like like that what, nonsense what, he came out with. The man that never made a mistake. Ah, all that. Never made it. All that. It's not the critical counts. Oh, yeah. Ah. I, it drives me insane. You haven't got a little live, laugh, love. Oh God, no! It's not a lot of nonsense. If anybody looks at that and goes like that, I need to remember that when I'm playing. What's a lot of nonsense? Right. Well, it wasn't actually a shine, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? All these, all these new, all these new stadiums. This is Anfield. All these psychologists now. You don't like that? No, it's a lot of rubbish. Absolute nonsense. But you like winning as the deodorant of a game because it covers all bad smells. That's his, yeah. that's his sort of Amazon documentary, Mikel Arteta, Team yeah, Talk. Exactly. When Stevie goes in yeah. to the New England Revolution and goes, look at this spray. Yeah. This is going to cover. It's going to mask your <laughs> rubbishness. Mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. Stevie, if you stand and face the sun, all your head up will fall I'll, behind I'll you. get sunburned. <laughs> That'll do for the latest. Right, what if that deodorant's a roll-on? Well, it's still deodorant, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a roll-on. You just put it on a different way. It doesn't work on a roll-on. No, no. It doesn't work on a different way. Join us tomorrow. You put it on a different way, that's all.